Hello, my Geesling Legion. I'm throwing you another fashion curveball with one of my sun hats. This week is a very special episode to me. It's with my friend Ezekiel, Doctor, excuse me, Doctor Ezekiel Quitnerstrom. He's one of my closest friends from undergraduate, and he is now a doctor working on his internal medicine residency at Iowa. This week. Well, this episode, which we recorded a couple of months ago or a few months ago, or maybe actually like four months ago at this point, which is a trend, it seems, concerned sushi because I had my first really good sushi meal that I've ever had. And Zeke, like me, has a life that revolves around food, so I knew he'd be a good person to have this conversation with. In other news, since I'm sure all of you are very interested in my thrilling life, I am now an ordained minister with, I actually forget what the church is called, I think the Universal Life Church or something like that, because this Thursday I will be officiating my sister's wedding. It is not a lesbian wedding, which I thought it was, it is a queer wedding, but so I'm now officiating uh, queer weddings and weddings of all sort in case you need a wedding officiated by somebody with ow, stellar taste in cats and hats, which is what I meant to say. Uh, but my cat just scratched me and that distracted me. So this episode, like I mentioned, is all about sushi and it's entirely possible you will not enjoy it because of that. But if you like sushi or like listening to people talk about food, or if you've gotten through, let's see, seven episodes and like me, then maybe you'll like it. But I hope you enjoy it. I think Zeke was a perfect guest for, for this topic, and we just recorded another episode a few days ago where we ate between us uh, six bowls of instant noodles and rated them all, so you can look forward to that one coming out soon anyway my my geeseling legions i kind of like the ring to that enjoy the episode a couple years ago you were telling me about the omakase that you went to in where was it seattle mm-hmm. okay ed I haven't Googled what an omakase is, even though I just did one. But what I what my experience was. Yeah, was tell that, me what you think it is based on what you just ate. It's okay, my experience, I, I imagine it's kind of like a pre fee menu sort of thing where you pay a price and then they the the sushi chef sort of constructs a meal for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, effectively. Do you know if there's a more a rigorous definition to what an omakase is? Um, yeah. I guess I'm, you could I Google mean, it. Yeah, but. I'm sure there is. I will Google it right now. Um, I could Google it too. I'll let you Google it. Yeah, it's already done. So <laughs> apparently it means in Japanese, like it comes from the Japanese word meaning to entrust and effectively translates to I'll leave it up to you. So it's like exactly what you're saying oh, is like, that's very cool. Yeah. 
that's you're cool. entrusting your meal to the to the whim of the chef but in 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 that which sounds more like off the cuff than you know it is like what you're describing i think is like more of the like actual experience like you know plus or minus like some subtleties or nuances or whatever so mm. it's like you know kind of a preset menu based on whatever is good or fresh or whatever they're trying to serve that day that you like cycle through with the chef and it's often like sushi i mean it'll be sushi i, I don't know of it in, in any other context but you'll sit at the sushi bar so you'll be interacting directly with the the um the chef that's preparing the sushi um and they serve it to you like single or like one or two pieces at a time effectively describe it to you you know kind of like wait for feedback or whatever um and like before moving on to the next piece so it's not only uh like you know a prefab menu but it's also like an, a dining experience in the sense that every like you know piece of sushi which is almost all a cart is is savored and like experienced individually so this i think was so let me just say so i went on friday night my friend phil took me to an omakase and it was my first it was not just my first omakase but it was my first time eating good sushi Okay. So Where my did you sushi, go? so my I'll get there. So my first okay. my sushi history history prior to that was having sashimi, just sashimi mm-hmm. that I made myself from good salmon and good tuna. Okay. Uh, then I had gotten like mall level sushi twice. And <laughs> did you consider up, mall level sushi better or worse than the sushi you made from yourself with good fish? Mine was just sashimi, so it was, okay, I mean sure. it's a completely different thing. But okay, so I threw up both times I had su- sushi, and I wasn't sure what it was, and okay. I only discovered afterwards that so th- those were the only times in my life I had ever eaten avocado. I've never had guacamole, and then I had hmm. guacamole once. And threw up. up. So then I got, I went to the allergist because I have other allergies and got a blood test and a skin test and I'm severely allergic to avocados. So those two times I'd had sushi, they were, I don't know if they're avocado rolls or if they're called California rolls or what, but so they had avocado in it. So Hmm. I'd had sushi twice, but it was bad level sushi. So level sushi. what, what else are you allergic to like that severely? So I'm allergic to... Are you allergic to cashews? Yeah. I'm very allergic to cashews and pistachios. Those are the things I'm most allergic to. Then I'm allergic to bananas and avocados. And I had been allergic to tomatoes my entire life. But when I got this most recent round of testing, did we talk about this? Yes. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, they, they determined that I wasn't... I, I might not have been allergic to tomatoes anymore. So I did what was called a food test where they like sat me in a hospital room and I was monitored by a nurse and they dosed me up tomatoes. But so it's preparing just preparing to shoot you up with epinephrine if, in case things went south. Yeah. In case. <laughs> yeah. So avocados were out. And so, so this Friday, my friend took me to an omakase in New York and we went to a restaurant called, Sushi Yamuda. 
Okay. And I was very lucky because to have a, a generous and well-funded friend because our omaka our omakase was three hundred thirty dollars each. Gee. Which yeah, which is super expensive. But I think in New York they they go up to like like the best restaurant is one. I think there's only like two or three three Michelin star restaurants in New York, and one of them is a sushi place, and their omakase I think was like seven hundred dollars. So, didn't so go there. But how many pieces of sushi did you get? It was probably like twenty five. That's a lot. That's a lot for an omakase. So. My experience yeah. has been, I've had two different kinds of experiences. Unless, did you want to say more about it? Actually, I'd like to hear just more oh, about I it. I have a ton more to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was 25 pieces. It was, they had different levels of omakase. Like, you could just get, like, a seven-piece lunch omakase. We went for mm. the unpriced omakase, where we just, like, like you mentioned, sort of worked with the sushi chef and he put together what we wanted. Yeah, but they but kind of like, was it that they serve you a preset kind of like first however many pieces? No. Okay. No. So I chose the first thing that we had. Huh. But anyway, before we get to that, uh, So we, we go into this restaurant, this sushi place, and my friend had told me in advance that, I mean, I guess, so I, I'm new to the world of sushi, and I guess there, there are different breeds of sushi. There's your mall sushi, there's American sushi, there's probably experimental cutting-edge sushi, and this was, he told me, traditional sushi, like, like as you would get it in Japan. Okay. So we walk into this restaurant... And it is the cleanest establishment I've I've ever been in. Uh, I would not have felt uncomfortable eating off of the floor. Like, that's how clean it was. But so we sit down and they bring us green tea in some very pretty mugs, I might add. But so we started with red miso soup with clams and red miso soup i guess is aged and aged miso and mm-hmm. the the fla- it was just the flavor was so deep and nutty and with these cute little clams in it uh i'm not i'm not huge on seafood so maybe sushi wasn't the best <laughs> thing for I, but i guess i more mean like clams and shellfish that sort of thing but yeah, after it was so different from any other miso soup I've had, where it's I don't know, kind of watery, and then there are just little tofu-y flecks and stuff in it. Okay, what was different about it? It was just so rich, and then with the clams. But after that, we had f- flash fried soft shell crab. Have you ever had that? Um, I don't know about flash fried, but I love soft shell crab. <laughs> Where have you? I've never had soft shell crab before. Where'd you have it before? Um, I actually just had one, uh, had it recently at a place called, um, it's, called, it's like an Asian, a Chinese fusion restaurant in, um, 
downtown San Antonio called Best Quality Daughter. Um, it was a, a soft shell, a fried soft shell crab green curry. That was really, really delicious. That sounds good. Yeah. So yeah. this one, they served it with like a sauce that we made. Like we made it at the table. Okay. I don't know if it was like a soy sauce base or something, but then there were there were scallions and pickled daikon and salt, and you kind of just added them as you pleased, and then you just dipped the crab in. But mm. man, it's got my mouth watering already. And so after that is when we went into the sushi. And one of the things that to me was so interesting about the experience was as opposed to an American restaurant where, and I'm not including a tasting menu here, where you go, maybe you have a salad and an appetizer and an entree and a dessert, and and you sort of pick and you just choose based on what looks good for you on the menu. The sushi chef or chefs or were very much designing an experience. And I'm not a classical music aficionado, but it felt sort of like an orchestral performance in which once the sushi came, there was like a slow buildup and there were rises and falls and different flavors. And it clearly started on a particular note and ended on a particular note. And it was very much an experience in a way that going to a restaurant isn't typically. Is that was that your experience with your omakase? Yeah, I think that's pretty characteristic of just of what, like what that is. It's like high end dining, you know, effectively. So it's like prepared and served in a way that like follows kind of a a well well thought out or well fleshed out kind of pattern for a very specific like experience. Do you know the name Sean Carroll? Sounds very familiar. I'm thinking of Lewis Carroll though, so actually no. No. Yeah. Sean Carroll's <laughs> a physicist at Caltech, but he has a very popular podcast called Mindscape. And something I've heard him mention recently is that he well, one, he doesn't have children. I think he's married. But he, maybe it's that he doesn't travel so much. But the point is that he's realized that he likes to spend his expendable income on very nice meals. And mm-hmm. even though I didn't pay for this meal, I could totally empathize with why he wanted to do that. Because even days later or almost a week later, I'm still, like that experience is still resounding in me for a bunch of different reasons yeah my friend from seattle who's just like finishing up his phd and gonna move to san diego for his postdoc he is basically um what does he do like neuroscience i guess he he's his training is in like physics and math and he does kind of like um neuroscience uh programming and math related work okay but what about what about him oh he just like 
I mean, his wife now is like about to get her first like big girl job in San Diego in industry. Um, after she's finishing her uh, PhD in uh, some sort of like biology field uh, or virology, perhaps. But anyway, like he's going to be doing postdocs, so his salary will be a little higher, and she's going to have a big girl salary, and they're just going to spend all their money on food. And it's always been like every time we talk he's like i want to travel i want to eat and i like i mean i totally understand that's the reason both of us are kind of like i we don't want to have kids both because they're expensive and inconvenient um um and would take away from you know your 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 lived experience um but he's the one i'm going to get sushi with we're going to do two different omakases the best two in seattle one we've had a few times. You're visiting soon. Yeah, I'm gonna visit. All right. Well, like... I want to get to your. I want to get to yours first. I'll finish with mine though. So, it started with. So first was the miso with the clams, and then there was the flash fried crab. Then there was a plate of sashimi, and I think it was two different tunas and salmon, and that was really mild, but. I mean, th- this was interesting to me. I, I my I was walking as I was walking to the to Sushi Yamuda. I called my grandfather and I told him what I was doing and how expensive the omakase was going to be because I was kind of bragging. And he said, "Why on earth is it that expensive?" And one of the only replies I could come up with was I did read online that they fly their fish in from Japan every day and not all of their fish, but upon eating that fish, I mean, it blew the quality of any other fish I've ever had out of the water just in how, I mean, every fish has a different texture, but like the salmon, for instance, just how almost like creamy and buttery it was. Uh, salivating all over again but then so after the three sashimi there were six nigiri in a row and have you've seen hero dreams of sushi right this is yeah i have uh or actually i'm i don't know i've seen parts of it it's been a long time i don't think i've seen the whole thing well one thing that stuck out at me about the movie was just how much time they spend perfecting one thing and Mm -hmm. like it might take a restaurant years to perfect just their rice Mm -hmm. and this the rice in the nigiri was very different from any other rice i'd ever had Mm -hmm. and partially they say that sushi rice is the most difficult part of the sushi experience to master and like the most important part of the experience of like omakase yeah, because it's like bound loosely together with some sort of rice vinegary concoction, and it has just this little bit of sweetness that just complements the fish. Mm-hmm. But so this one, it started out with like a fish that you almost. So there were six nigiri, and the first one was something a fish that you almost couldn't taste. It just sort of like melted on your palate, and then. There was something more substantial, like a tuna, and then towards the end there was a salmon, and then the last one was a mackerel. And like that's what I mean when I'm saying there's there's just like this progression, and everything mm-hmm. had a sort of buildup. Mm-hmm. 
So let me ask you one thing. So my friend was telling me, because he's done a lot of these, what is your policy on dipping in soy sauce and wasabi? Um, so at Omakase, it's, it's like a big no, no. So like, really, the, yeah, you don't do it at all. So the, like a proper omakase is like the, the piece the, in its entirety has been prepared by the, like, you know, master sushi chef. And that will mean that like, you know, the rice has been shaped and like the amount of wasabi that they intended to add has been added with whatever, like other mixture that like was supposed to be like put in that like piece so it's like it's prepared for you to eat all like as a single item that's unmodified so like it'd be pretty disrespectful i think to especially if you haven't tasted it right and then that's the other thing is like they say i don't quite like this um like etiquette but you're supposed to eat the nigiri pieces in a single bite I just like to savor it. So it's like, I almost want two bites, but it's the same idea, right? It's like, you're splitting up this like single like item into like different parts than were intended. So, but yeah, don't do it as it's, it's like pretty forbidden. Or pretty I expected you were going to have a good answer for me and you did. Yeah, yeah. So I tried it once or twice and then realized immediately, okay, as if I do that, I'm, running the risk of just ruining the piece of sushi mm-hmm. because you can't and defending for the me. Chef. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't like eyeball the mixture to make it perfect. And since you have to oh, eat yeah. it in one bite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't realize chance. at first that they were putting wasabi in mm, yeah, yeah. the nigiri, but I realized that in a late, in the next plate actually, which I'll describe, uh, because, <laughs> sorry, uh, because they 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 were at the, like I had one piece and it was like oh there's some kick to this where is it I don't see it and then I realized in the next one when there was an even bigger kick that that he had secretly deposited some wasabi under the fish but, yeah exactly yeah and then the next one like my nose was watering and it was another one of those like boom 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 sort of crescendos that yeah. they were doing. So I didn't really like the mackerel, but the next one was like a shellfish, a four shellfish nigiri. And it was, I actually, I think I remember exactly what it was. So the first one was, nope, I don't remember what the first one was. The second one, but the second one was a raw scallop and that was pretty good. And then the next one was a raw, a big very sexual looking and gorged raw clam and it was disgusting like i never want to eat that again but at the same time this is something that was very different to me about this meal than just the typical restaurant meal when i go to like an italian place i'm picking things on the menu that I want to eat because I think they will taste very good. And I typically have an idea of what fettuccine Alfredo or grilled octopus are going to taste like. But every single piece of sushi, though some were subtler than others, they all had a very distinct flavor. 
and many of them were flavors that I'd never experienced before. Yeah. Like this raw clam was mm-hmm. super strong. It tasted of some small fragment of ocean, maybe in Japan that I'll never visit. And like the next well, the clam one, might was, not have been from Japan. Who knows? Like, right. They told us, but oh, okay. I don't, I didn't write that down. But, and then the next thing was like a raw tiger prawn. And it was another mm, flavor that I don't ever want to eat again, but it was unique. And that was something fascinating about the omakase was that it wasn't always about how much I enjoyed the food because almost every piece of sushi, as far as just enjoyment of the flavor goes, I would have preferred a Domino's pizza. (laughs) And you're probably going to disagree with me about that, but we can get to it. I can't disagree with your personal taste. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then the the next thing was a nigiri row quartet. And Mm. this one started out with firefly squid. Okay. Which were these tiny little squid that were raw. Then there, then there were two sea urchin rows, one sea urchin from the West coast and one sea urchin from the East Coast. And I think they were the same species, but it was fascinating that they tasted completely different. And then the third was salmon roe. And then then they threw us a curveball, which was something that I'm not, I still am not sure how it fit, fit into their play, but it was uh, seared fatty tuna nigiri. Mm. And then the next one, was my absolute favorite of the meal. And it tasted unlike anything I'd ever had before. And it was three different eels. Ooh. Two two from Japan and one from, I think, New York. <clears throat> but the New York one wasn't that special. But the other two, they tasted almost like savory, sweet buns. And that was, was it crazy. Like, um, like in a sauce of some kind, and like one roasted. of them had a, had an eel sauce on it. The other one, the best one, was just plain. But it was cooked. I'm not sure if it was steamed or boiled. Or I love I love eel at yeah. Like, I didn't know meat could oh taste that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and really then the good. last thing was tomago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always so just, finish with that. That's pretty traditional. Like the yeah, sweet yeah. egg with rice. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty tasty. But in Hero Dreams of Sushi, the tamago is like a huge deal. Uh, like it take, one guy throughout the entire movie is just constantly trying to perfect the tamago. And yes. yeah. Hero like keeps throwing it out and telling him it's worthless. <laughs> but I love the egg. And then they finished yeah. us off with a, an aged green tea. Oh, nice. Any dessert? Yeah. No, we didn't get dessert. But my friend on the way back got a slice of pizza. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So, I don't know. All in all, what was it that you said? Oh, you, you said in a text message 
And then I said that you said that I have terrible opinions. Hold on. I'm going to scroll back to find it. Uh, let's see. Oh, you said nothing better than omakase in my mind. And I say strong disagree, but I'd love to talk about it. And then you said, ew, you've had objectively bad opinions in the past. All right. Yep. That's false because my opinions are always objectively correct. But <laughs> subjectively correct. Objectively, not so much. But why? What makes omakase the best? What are you comparing it to? I mean, compared to anything, like I'd rather have omakase than like a fancy steak, or I'd rather have omakase than Domino's pizza or candy of some kind, or I don't know. I'd rather have, I think I could do an omakase if I were uber wealthy, I would do it for lunch once a week or twice a week. Because one (laughs) thing that was nice about it was that it's, yeah. I, healthy is I think a subjective word unlike my opinions but it is it it seems like it should qualify as healthy if anything does and sometimes I do need to eat on the healthy side so I could do it for lunch a few times a week if I were super wealthy or if I weren't then maybe once every six months I would or a year I could enjoy that experience but on a regular level, I, I'm not looking for a crazy seafood, life-changing culinary experience every day. Right. I would probably rather have like seared scallops and seared salmon than with potatoes or something than sushi on a regular basis. And I would certainly rather have a Domino's pizza seven nights a week than an omakase seven nights a week. I mean, but, sure. It's just a matter of taste, honestly. Like, but I, so you I, you still maintain that you would you would like want to have the omakase all the time? Yeah, I mean, I just like personally really love seafood, and I think uh, like omakase, like good omakase, like nigiri integrates a lot of like my you know my, your favorite types of foods. Like, you get excellent sushi rice, which is like expertly prepared, so you have like a carbohydrate that's like. And you're getting not only the savory and rich, you know, fish, but you're getting kind of like the sweet aspect of the, like, you know, rice vinegar and like sugar that's mixed in with the sushi rice. And then, I mean... You think they, they piece, put sugar in the rice? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's the mixture, the, 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 the mixture that you use to make sushi rice is like a combination of like, you know, uh, vinegar and like white or brown sugar. And uh, I think... I want to say like either some salt or soy sauce component. It depends. I like, if they're trying to make it clear or not probably. So I think it's salt. Um, but yeah, I think it's like pretty simple mixture of like rice, wine, vinegar, sugar, and some salt. That's like then, you know, mixed in with sushi rice at particular proportions and kind of they, there's, if you've ever seen, I forget what they're called, but it's kind of like this little wooden that looks like the bottom of a, of a wooden barrel um that's just been like cut very short so it's just like this kind of like round wooden container and they just like fluff the rice or cut the rice with the sushi vinegar and like dry it out to like prepare it do you know this because you've made it yeah yeah and i've watched it being made too 
Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I mean, I could be wrong about this exact recipe. I'm just, that's like off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I made it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, and then good, a good piece of fish can be like, you know, fatty and rich, just like some of the best quality meat, like almost like Wagyu or whatever, as you had the fatty tuna belly or the Toro, they call it. There's like, you know, similar cuts of yellowtail. Um, you can get kind of like, you know, gamier, more fishier pieces of fish. I mean, I just love seafood, I think is like one of the, is the big main thing. Like I really love savory probably as, you know, like on par with your interest in sweets, I have an interest in savory foods. So I can empathize with you on certain things like the flash fried crab or the eel or the tamago. Like those are things I feel like I would want, I could want to eat very regularly, but like the raw clam, yeah i mean that's not every omakase is like that you're saying it's like that was a traditional one but i mean if you're working with the chef like you kind of it's not that you're supposed to have every time you go and you need to have the experience and they're forcing you to have it like certainly it can be to your tastes right so you like work with them and once you've been once you kind of know what your tastes are it's not like you you don't like the clam that's fine you don't have to be served it right that's not the name of this game isn't like we're forcing you to eat things that you don't like because it's part of the like order and experience so if you were when you say like omakase is the best you are excluding you're imagining that you're also directing the experience and you don't have to eat the items that you don't like Sure. Or even, even if it's not that entirely that like, you know, if you have, I mean, say you're trying something new, right. You have one or two like items that you don't prefer, then like you're still, the balance is like extremely skewed towards like things that are amazing. I mean, you know, my experience at Omakase is pretty much like, I like, you know, if you imagine on a scale of like, like to love, I like, very much like or love everything almost and there's like it's very rare in my like there aren't things you don't like there are very few can you tell me some of them i honestly can't even think of any i haven't so you 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 would really enjoy the sea urchin row yeah I, i do like sea urchin row okay interesting like yeah so if i put a bite of like really good deep dish pizza in front of you and a sea urchin rose nigiri you think you would the nigiri would light up your brain more oh yeah okay yeah that's so different for me but i guess i, mean, I think that's, that's both. like it's I like can't... a rarity of experience right so it's like I, I, if maybe if you fed me that every day or like once a week i would start to feel differently in that like not only the deliciousness part, you know, like I'm having the deliciousness connections or neurons fire, but like I, I also have like the novelty, you know, neurons fire. And if you kind of took that away, then I might be left with like, I'd prefer the deep dish pizza bite. So I can't like genuinely say because it's not like such a common experience to me that like those two are even in the same realm of like interest. Right. But I guess it's just... <clears throat> Were you and I texting about alcohol? Yeah, we were talking about it's like, yeah, yeah. I like alcohol just tastes so foul to me mm-hmm. that I can't compute how other people 
enjoy the flavor. And the nigir, the row wasn't. I I don't recall the row being quite on that level, but the clam certainly was. Like I just couldn't compute how somebody could like that. But how? So how many omakases have you been to now? Um, I've been to. I've been to Kashiba twice. I want to say in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sushi Kashiba. It's called. It's like you know his name is what's his name something uh, his name is kashiba or was it no 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 his name's not kashiba i forget the the chef's name um oh let me look it up real quick just because why not for fun um but he opened one restaurant in seattle and then he kind of like studio retired um oh yeah it's chef kashiba um yeah so he opened one and then he kind of retired and then came back and opened this other one like um so he was but he trained under hero of hero dreams of sushi oh really okay Mm -hmm. and um so that's like kind of there are two restaurants in seattle the other one's called um tsukushi some uh tsukushinbo or something like that Um, which is the one that you would have told me about though kashiba kashiba yeah yeah so the so yeah, what, what are you going to Well, I was going to say, since I don't really have any other way to judge them, and because I judge most things based on this, how much did this one cost at Kashiba? So the first, is two different experiences. The first one was like, um, I mean, we had some like appetizers and like, I think I got two drinks over the course of those, like, you know, whatever it was, two hour meal. Um, and it cost me like $350 or something like that. Okay. But um, the second time we went, it was like kind of, it was, you know, when it was like a year ago or something like that, maybe a little bit, actually a little bit less. Um, But um, it was COVID restrictions were still in place. And so like what happened with the first one was it was kind of like a pre, you know, preset or like chef's choice of like however many pieces of, of it's, you know, it's a lot of it, mostly nigiri, very little sashimi, just because like, I think nigiri is probably a better way to to serve a lot of fish because it has some modifications like the chef's like searing it or like the fish has been prepared in a certain way. Obviously, you have the incorporation of the sushi rice, which is like a really important part of the tasting experience and the quality. Um, so to I also me, I imagine think I like, there's only so many, like you're saying, I guess there's only so many ways a, a chef can make sashimi theirs. Exactly, exactly. Um, so there's like, you know, kind of a preset and then, towards the end they're like okay we're gonna keep serving you like a la carte pieces after like we've like gone through what we wanted to serve you um and just like you know tell us what you liked or what you'd like more of and like you know once you kind of are nearing your last like piece or two we'll we'll taper you down and and end with the the tamago or tamago or tamago um so with that that time we jonathan and i had like you know, close to 30 pieces of sushi, if not 30 pieces of sushi. So it was like kind of a similar experience to what you're, you're talking about. It's like, there's just a lot of fish. Um, the time more recently when we went, how much did that one cost? That was what it was like 300 something bucks, you know, but that included two drinks and like an appetizer. Okay. Um, 
but then more recently we went with the COVID restrictions and like that was a you can't you get the, the omakase and you can't get like more a la carte pieces after that so they were like saying this is your experience and you can't like stay and just continue eating basically and so that was like 120 dollars. so you know it sounds like so that one was more price. like a, a peasant omakase but it was like you know it was like 15 or 16 pieces or something so mm-hmm. um and then yeah so those are the, the two the two experiences i have the omakase and then we're gonna go to the other this so that's like you know regarded as one of the two best sushi or um, omakase in seattle and then the other one, um, Tsukashinbo, is like we have reservations when, like, you know, coming up. So we're going to go both back to Kashiba and to Tsukashinbo. And last time we went to Kashiba, actually, we were served by Kashiba himself at the sushi bar, which didn't happen oh, the first cool. time. And you, my hot take is, and it wasn't actually a hot take, I was talking to Jonathan about this too, is like, it was better when the guy, like the younger, like chef, sushi chef in training served us. Ooh. So who knows? I don't know. It's, you know, he's really old. And like, I think the, there's, it's like a bomber peak sort of, you know, where you probably like steadily increase in your talent and then like acquisition and like mastery. And then after a certain point, like you have the knowledge, but you just like, you don't do it as well anymore. Have you done other non-Japanese tasting menu type things? Um, man, I did one like did one. I think it was kind of like a tasting menu, or more. Well, I don't know. It was like a multi-course meal at a fancy restaurant. Claire and I went to when we were dating in Boston. I forget what it was called. I wish I remembered. Um, it was a long time ago, but yeah, I mean, none, none that I can think of off the top of my head. So probably not. Cause I feel like it'd be pretty memorable. Yeah. I, so I went to a tasting menu the night before at a place called Gramercy Tavern. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? It's a famous restaurant in New York. It's like an institution, but it was $165. So by my uh way of judgment it was half as good of a popper yeah yeah as the 300 that that's a little absurd to me though robinson because like you're also here sitting here telling me you'd rather eat a deep dish pizza or like a slice of dominus well right i mean i'm being facetious (laughs) okay i I feel like you are and you're not (laughs) you're right (laughs) i I, you're i mean you're very much right i definitely assume that the 700 hundred dollar omakase is significantly better than the $330 one. But so one thing that I really didn't like about the $165 meal was that there wasn't nearly enough food and it was five courses, but I liked that the rice in the omakase felt like it was a full meal. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, if you have enough pieces, like it, it, but you're kind of saying you had to near 30 pieces for it to feel like, I don't, I don't know how full you left that place, but, um, not that full. I calculated the calories and it was, uh, well, I did my best to calculate as we were eating and I think it was like 1300 calories, which, yeah, I think that's tough because enough. those slices like fatty tuna belly or Toro and like yellowtail, some of them like will just be like a Wagyu slice. So it's like, you'd have to calculate almost it's almost like the weight of that piece of sushi like as pure fat calories you really fat. think so yeah 
it'll i mean those those toro pieces are like like a fish wagyu basically is what it is you know again, you know my favorite way. piece of of tuna is or fish that i had at omakase um is there's like it's like a the collar they'll take a, a cut of of uh, a fish from from the collar I, I don't remember if it was a salmon collar or a tuna collar i think it was probably salmon but man like that seared like holy crap so fucking good oh man yeah i'm excited were did kashiba have any sort of specialty sort of dishes that were different than you would get elsewhere i mean it's really like the only place i've had omakase so like i I said you've had six of them no 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 i so you've only had two i've had three I've had omakase at Kashiba twice. Okay. And then I've had, or I'm going to go back and have it another time. And then the other best place So you've in only Seattle. been twice? Yes. Okay. Yeah, something, something that I learned that surprised me was that rolls are basically American. Like I was yes, expecting yeah. to have the rolls. Uh, but I guess they do something called a hand roll. Yeah, yeah, where it's almost like an ice cream cone with seaweed wrap. Yeah, sadly, we didn't get any of those, though. Did you? Did they serve you, um, it's almost like whole fried shrimp head? No, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, actually, too. It's just, like, delicious and also just, like, you know, absolutely alien-looking because, you know, it has all of its tentacles and stuff still or all of its, like, antennae and, like, its front, like, claws and stuff and it's just got a bunch of whiskers and like you can see its eyes still and they just like take the shrimp head fry it and like serve it to you in a oh man it's so good my mouth's watering too uh, but yeah but the next day i went with uh my friend and so i went this was actually kind of crazy i went with my friend and another one of his friends and so i i don't have a lot of money because i'm a student And I guess at Stanford, they'll be paying me like, I don't know, $50,000 a year to do research there. Uh, But this friend of my friend uh, was poor, like grew up poor and but got into cryptocurrency at the ground level and now has like tens of millions of dollars. Nice. And we walked into a watch store and he bought just like on the spot a $400,000 watch. Jesus Christ. I know. It was, it was, it was crazy. What kind but anyway, of watch, so, you know? Yeah, it was a Cartier. Mm. But so we, he grew up in Chinatown and we went to Chinatown. We went to a place called Sean, X-I-A-N, uh, Famous oh, yeah, Foods. Yeah. You've heard of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been? I've never been. Do you get the Bian Bian noodles? Does that just mean hand pulled noodles? Yeah, it's it's basically. Yeah, but they have so like with like cumin lamb or something like that. There's one that has lamb. Yeah, my friend got that. I tried that one, uh, but so one thing about these hand pulled noodles, I guess, or at least as Sean Famous Foods does it, is that they're really spicy. And I don't like super spicy, so I got the mild version. And after I got the mild version, there's like a sign from the owner that says, we will serve you the mild version, but know that it is not good. <laughs> and so I, it wasn't that flavorful, but 
man, those noodles were so cool. They were super dense and mm-hmm. doughy. And it's all one continuous mm. noodle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. And then a- after that, so we had lunch, then like three stores down, we passed a candy store, which as you can imagine, just called my name. And we walked in and we got these, a bag of crabs, like actual crabs, probably each like the size of the headphone container. And they were candied. Like I don't know if they were dried or, or fried or baked or what, but then they were like covered in probably was at one point like liquid sugar and we had those and they were also a super crazy flavor and then from there we went around the corner and got a second lunch at a place that did hong kong food and we got five things we got a ramen that was trash we got a peanut butter sandwich that was literally just like a peanut butter sandwich it was like white bread with peanut butter on it. Okay. And then there were chicken wings and they were like sweet and almost mapley and not fried and super meaty and they were awesome. And I'm getting to the good part. But then after that there was a curry and the curry wasn't very good. But the last thing was these wrapped they were rice noodles that were kind of like sheafs of toilet paper or something. They were like wrapped, but they were in a peanut sauce. And oh my God, do I fuck with peanut sauce? Yeah, peanut sauce. Really they, were, good. Uh, they were so awesome. Uh, um, have you been cooking much lately? Mm, not much lately. We're trying to like not make that many trips to the grocery store just because we'll be moving soon. So when are you, you're moving to Iowa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the beginning of June. Okay, so a couple weeks. Yeah. I oh, so another thing. Have you heard of Ipudo Ramen? No. It's a Japanese ramen chain. Okay. That has some ramen establishments in the United States, and I went to one the other day, and. It was what I imagine ramen is supposed to be like in its perfect form. It was almost like the pho of ramen. Okay. So pho, I think of as being super clean. Does that, do I, I mean, I suppose I could explain that more, but like the broth is. Like a clear broth? Really sh- it wasn't clear, but the broth was like very sharp. The flavors were all crisp, like Every ingredient was super distinct from one another okay. in the ramen. And it was all it was all really high quality and tasty. But, I mean, nothing beats the skim and the dipping ramen at Ramen Tatsuya in Austin to me. And But beyond that, I know you have a ton of experience making those ramen eggs. Mm-hmm. I have probably had 20 ramen eggs over the past few years. And... Not one has even come close to ramen tatsuya's ramen. Hmm. Like ramen tatsuya's tamago, or do they call them tamago there? No, no, no. tamago is like specific to the, right. like that sweet kind of like. What do what do they call Ajitama, it? maybe? Ajitama, yeah, you're right. So it's like sweet. Yeah. And the yolk is custardy. 
Yeah. But ever, no, nowhere else have I been where the egg is has that like subtle sweetness. It's always very much just like a salty kind of thing. And at some at the worst places, it's like a a hard boiled egg, basically. Yeah. There were those 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 uh like cured eggs or like I don't know what else you'd call them like cured marinated eggs they had it at um, Tetsuya are really good for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what were you gonna ask? So you haven't been cooking at all? Um, I mean a little bit, like nothing crazy, just kind of like standard evening meals, like fish, like tilapia or salmon, and like. But no big projects? No big projects. My next, like, not big project, but thing that I want to do, which I have the chilies for, is make um, some, like... What is... Oh. I thought you were saying, like, I've got the chilies for, like, I'm excited (laughs) about that. No, 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 like the hot for. (laughs) I got the chilies for. No, no, literally the the chilies uh, uh, to make uh, basically, like, a chili oil that's used for dandan noodles, uh, because I fucking love dan dan noodles it's like probably one of my favorite foods what are dan dan noodles um it's like a kind of a szechuan style dish that includes like noodles and like uh kind of that's a region of china yeah i, I want to say it's northern china but i i really don't know so that's just like a literal guess um but uh yeah uh they make like stuff with that like characteristic taste is like the mala flavor if you've had it which comes from these Sichuanese or Sichuan peppercorns which kind of produce this like numbing quality um in in your mouth that makes you salivate a little bit it's not like really spicy but it's it's like really like unique and like kind of delicious amazing to have with where like, did you get th- you can well so you can the Sichuan peppercorns you can buy like Central Market or Whole Foods or places like that, grocery stores, where you can, like, you know, they have specialty China, like grocery stores where you can get, like, nicer versions of them that are, like, imported from China. Um, there's a place online, like, I get some stuff called Mala Market. Um, but yeah, so you can, Szechuan peppercorns are easy to come by. Um, so. And, and when you make this, do you use fish sauce? No, there's no fish sauce. Shrimp paste? No shrimp paste. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be authentic, but fish sauce and shrimp yeah. paste have been. I don't think shrimp paste like is the an, killer, an, an inauthentic uh, like ingredient for like a lot of things. But I don't, I don't know how much it's used in Chinese cooking, but it's used in Japanese cooking a lot. Oh my gosh, is it? It like adds something so special to food. They call it umami. <laughs> it's like a yeah. fish form of MSG. Same with anchovies. So you were telling me though about the dan dan oh, yeah. noodles, so it's and like I keep a noodle, interrupting It's you. a noodle that has like a spiced pork topping um, with some mala flavors that's like coated in this kind of like red, um, like Sichuan chili oil, um, and this like com- that's combined with this um, like sesame based like sauce. So not not quite peanut butter, but um, it's like a, a, a almost like a tahini. Uh, a, a toasted or roasted sesame sauce. So I want to make some of the chili oil. I, ha- I mean, you can basically make the, the sesame paste um, like component of it with t- something like store-bought tahini. Um, but the chili oil, like to make it authentically, 
you get some of these like specialty peppers that you actually have to buy online or like find a specialty grocery store. They're like heaven facing chilies, like urging Tao and then like some uh, other one other chili. I forget what it's called. But, I mean, you can make it inauthentically with like, you know, those Korean red chili flakes or whatever, but um well i figured why i not. love those yeah i love them too and i have some in my freezer but i figured why not because the gochujang is that what it's called uh i think gochugaru is the pepper flakes and gochujang is the paste so it's like a the paste, paste. The, that's the the jang is I like, like the, the paste. paste made out of the gochu pepper or whatever like gochu means in korean like pepper or something like that it's funny how i knew that uh all right i've had an omakase i want to talk about it if if I schedule a conversation with Zeke, he's going to have a lot of food things to say. Yeah. I mean, I do love Asian have, food in general. It's probably one of my favorite cuisines. Not that I know that much about it. So are you going to make make the noodles? So I'm not going to make the noodles. The noodles I'll probably buy. Um, to get them, you can get like from a – there's like a Japanese grocery store nearby where I can get soman noodles, which is a style of like noodle that um, I think is like a little bit alkaline. Um, they're kind of like ramen noodles, but they're like, go really well with, with Dan Dan and they're like, you know, they cook in like a minute or two. So like, there's no reason to make them and buy it. Like if I can just buy good ones pre-packaged that, that noodle making adds like a significant amount of like labor to like any cooking endeavor. Oh yeah. My sister's been making pasta mm-hmm. a few times. Ali and I have made some like, pasta recently. It's been good, but. Do you know what distinguishes pasta from Asian type noodles? Um, I think it's just an ingredient thing. Like ramen noodles, to my knowledge, aren't like egg based. It's just like water and flour, and then some kind of like, oh, like a few other like dry ingredients. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but I mean, I think so. I think it's a combination of ingredients and like method of preparation, and like you know, pH and did matters I- somehow. And did I text you about those, what were they called, uh, shirataki noodles? Yeah, that's. Not, I think you did. Oh, yeah, you did. They're like but, the healthy alternative. But, well, they're, they're like calorie-free because they're, they're all like insoluble, insoluble fiber right, or something like that. But it's not just that they're a healthy alternative. I think that some people actually use them. I mean, they originated authentically within some cuisine. I don't remember what, but you haven't had mm-hmm. them. They reminded me a little when I was looking at them of like mung bean noodles, which are like used in very, like some Thai dishes, like pad si, pad wun sen or something. They're like those glass noodles, which are, I don't know if they're calorie free, but they're like, you know, probably pretty low calorie and like on their own relatively flavorless. Uh, but I've never had those. Yeah, these ones are I I like five calories for a bowl or something. Yeah, which is so amazing. the context in which I heard in which I heard about them was that they're a phenomenal diet hack. Yeah. So next time I'm dieting, I'm I'm well, I'm gonna try them when I get home to Chicago. But uh, they seem like a great option because dieting sucks so i don't know how long you'll be in chicago but um there's a guy he goes by the name of ramen lord his real name is mike satinover i believe have you heard of him no his his instagram and reddit handle is ramen lord but anyway he's like 
just kind of like an average looking white guy that's probably like around our age or a bit older or maybe a bit younger who knows um who's like kind of like delved deep into the like science of ramen and has just like dedicated his like adult life to perfecting both like ramen noodle making and like ramen soup making um he has a free book actually on reddit that he and his brother like kind of like co-wrote and published published like just basically put the pdf of it on reddit um that's like kind of a bible for like you know the the science of ramen making for like you know people who don't have the ability to just go like apprentice at some like japanese ramen master shop um that's awesome but he does what i was gonna say is he does pop-ups in chicago sometimes that you can get tickets for because i think he's based in chicago and it would be dope if you're there like while one happened to go like eat some uh, ramen at a pop-up at some like really fancy restaurant yeah i will check that out but as a closing thought i i mean as you know food is kind of my existence in a lot of ways for better or for worse no i'm not the only one but i i love talking about food all the time and like i told you before we started i'm thinking about starting a a vlog where a candy vlog a candy vlog well not just candy because i imagine that it could morph into me taking a camera to get a bowl of ramen or something like that too uh and just eating and talking but i want to have food related people on my podcast as well yeah that'd be cool so other than just you so maybe i'll email ramen love ramen lord i'm actually there's a philosopher in the uk who makes candy he'd be so a great I'm person to talk, talk to. with him yeah yeah i'm gonna talk to him one of my professors put us in contact yeah he make it was funny i emailed him his name is alex silk and he said oh this is like the greatest email i've ever received although i don't know what a podcast is how do you feel about m&ms and ice cream <laughs> how old is this guy and probably late 30s and he doesn't know what a podcast is that's pretty inconceivable philosophers are a very if you get this far in philosophy you're typically a very nerdy person that lives under a rock i'm a i'm nerdy but i'm an outlier in a lot of ways i don't feel like that like the idea of being nerdy doesn't like preclude like any sort of like social or societal awareness like I, I guess my I'm I I disagree with you on I mean it doesn't always it's not a rule but I think people who find uh some Greek philosopher who's been dead for 2500 years to be the most interesting person they who's thinking they've ever encountered is probably probably just genuinely interested in things that are not in the mainstream and like i said it's not going to be a rule but uh, they're not watching probably keeping up with the kardashians or listening to podcasts about the same but anyway i mean he didn't know what a podcast was no i mean that's fair. I, I, it's not how like, do you feel about m&ms and ice cream like m&ms i know how you feel about reese's pieces with ice cream 
Uh, I didn't. I mean, his question was ambiguous. Okay. So I like I mean, the way I respond. M&Ms a lot, and I like ice cream a lot, and I don't. I like the idea of them together. You don't, or I do. you do? You do. Have you had my favorite ice cream confection? Is a they? I mean, they sell them at stores. They're ice cream sandwiches with like chocolate chip cookies except instead of the chocolate chips they're m&ms oh, yeah. with like a flavorless vanilla ice cream that's i i think that thing's the <laughs> I, best. Love I love this i love this really generic and like mediocre like gas station or grocery store ice cream sandwiches like the nestle toll house like m&m things or whatever that one's awesome too well the nestle toll house one doesn't have m&ms oh, okay. but i feel like i've seen awesome. variations of them in gas stations that have chocolate chips or m&ms or both not both never both i could be wrong I could be wrong, but all right, this was the omakase conversation I've been waiting for. So thanks for not disappointing. The conversation. The oma conversation. <laughs> all right. Do say you have goodbye. Any say how much you loved being here. From you? Yeah, I do. No, I would love to see some pictures from from. Yeah, I'll send you all. Okay, of them. please do. I goodbye. I loved being here so much. I, there's nothing I would have rather done with my Tuesday evening. All right.